The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here's Brandon. Welcome back to Old Space Show. I am Brandon, and this is my co-captain. All the way past the new space into the old space, it's Jim. I'm in the old physical space, but the new headspace. The new, ooh. There you go. And that's our episode for the week. We will not top that. (laughs) Please tune in next week. All right. Uh, this installment of Old Space Show continues our episode by episode travelogue through the second season of Space colon, 1999, where the man or the man, the moon and the men and the women are knocked out of orbit, wandering through outer space, the population of its human built colony, hoping to stumble upon a new home. Today, we are talking about the 23rd episode. The Immunity Syndrome. Commander Koenig and company find what appears to be a habitable planet, but it is ruled by a single being who, in its efforts to make contact with the Alphans, unwillingly puts them in peril of their lives. This one is directed by Bob Brooks. He of The Tabor the episode he directed ah, previously. the Tabor. The yes. Tabor, the purple guy. How can uh, we forget the Tabor? And uh, it's written by Johnny Byrne. Johnny Space 1999 Byrne. Yeah. As I've come to know him. Got a bunch by him. And it's guest starring Nadim Sawala and Jack Claff. Why Jack Claff, who's uncredited? Well, we got another Star Wars X-Wing pilot. It's Red oh, for. Yeah, we got the whole squadron. By I now. know. Like, I think if you were, I think they would. They made George Lucas like, I want all these guest stars of Space 1999 to to huh? be the Rogue Squadron, Red Squadron. And... Well, to be fair, they shot at Elstree, you know. Yeah, and, and that's right there. So yeah, right. makes sense. I I wonder what costuming and set things came from Space 1999. Like, I really, I know that, like, I know, like, Boss, his outfit in Empire came from a a Doctor Who costume from the 60s that was lying around. Like, there's, like, weird British, like, stuff from TV. And, yeah, like, I, someone should just, like, do a documentary on, like, the weird stuff that wasn't Star Wars's but wound up in it. And we know it from it. I would be surprised if, like, you know how a lot of... One of the things that really struck me about Star Wars when I first saw it as a kid was like how it was like a used future. It was like a mm-hmm. lived in kind of well, you know used future. So mm-hmm. you know the seventies had a lot of shiny stuff. I wonder if that was like some of that was like junk left over from Space Nineteen Ninety Nine that was just repurposed. You know? That's true, and you know the Alphans' uniforms could. I mean the the kind of like color aesthetic could be the Rebel Alliance ones when mm-hmm. they get to the base, like the. Sure. 
I, I'm not saying that they, they are those, but like there's an idea that's here sure. first that maybe someone's like, you know what, that works. And they're probably hiring costume designers and prop makers from local that are local, not shipping them to the U.S., but who knows? Um, it's an interesting thing that Jim and I's documentary will be out in 2043 <laughs> or no 2042 for the whatever anniversary of Star Wars to talk about where it came from. Mm. Uh, so, uh, support our GoFundMe and you know um, Patreon. Patreon, yep. <clears throat> that just my my OnlyFans. My uh, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. So uh, this one, uh, Sawala, the guest star. Uh, has been in Secret Agent, Shaft in Africa, Old Dracula, Ooh, nice. The Sweeney, Zed Cars, Spy Who Loved Me, Lionheart, Son of Pink Panther. So those are some nifty credits that this dude's had. So a lot of British produced movies there. Yes. So let's uh, dig in. Um, so Alpha has discovered a planet. It is it is- a habitable planet? It might be. That's why they look at these. In its west quadrant, preliminary reports suggest that it is capable of supporting human life, which would mean if it is, it's so it's a, habitable. It's habitable. A reconnaissance a reconnaissance team has been dispatched to substantiate these uh, reports. Although the planet appears to be uninhabited, an alien structure has been discovered. Koenig calls the survey party in closer to base camp until they learn more. As Tony and Joe Lustig, Joe Lustig. We love a character, Joe Lustig. Joe Lustig of Space 1999 fame. They head back. Joe hears a sound as Tony walks ahead. He investigates and sees a pulsating light at the source of the sound. It's Mm -hmm. our big alien effect for the episode, folks. Uh, He screams as it drives him mad. Tony hears and returns to help Lustig, but too late. Lustig pulls a gun on Tony, who is forced to defend himself. They struggle. The weapon goes off, killing Lustig. As Tony tries to let Koenig know about the accident, he's driven mad by the same thing as Lustig. Yay, Tony's going to go insane. Woo! Yep, if you were wanting to see the acting prowess of Tony, this is your episode. Oh, man, is it ever? Is uh, Tony acting as he has never had to act before? It's mm-hmm. stretching all of his thespian muscles in this one. I love these shows where just like a really bright, like uh Fresnel light and a reverb effect and you have an alien. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yep. Plus, and this alien uses that spotlight technology that we keep seeing in this, in this show. Yeah. Like whenever something gets scanned or they're trying to like, you know, they're scanning something or a laser or whatever, it's always a spotlight. <laughs> right. It's, well, the next episode too, is, it happened again, but this spotlight technology, this you know, alien also has, Evidently, it drives you insane. So, yeah, uh, this episode is interesting because, yeah, they it's it's Tony centric and it lets the the actor just go wild for it. Um, some super, I, super overacting on Tony's part. At least we know he has a pulse, right? Like, yeah, this is confirmation. But, but I, it's I'm, great when he goes nuts. Well, I'm sorry. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but like mm-hmm. he's just like growling and kind of mugging at the camera and away from the camera, like ah, 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 like really going for it. Like if there was, more, you know, if they weren't on that sound set, that you know, forest sound set again, if mm-hmm. there were scenery to be chewed, he would be chewing it. You know, it was right. it was great. It, like you said, the acting was just <sighs> nice '70s overacting from the television shows. True, well, and well I, played. I have to wonder, you, you know. It, it, it's hard to discern 
where things come from when making a show with Ryder behind the scenes. But I have to wonder if this was an episode where they, because, okay, we're, we're uh, the penultimate episode of Space 1999, you, you and I, uh, and the spoiler, yeah, of season two. And we threw, if you go back and list our episodes, Tony didn't work for us. Like, he hasn't ever. Um, we're kind of like, what's he doing here? Do you think the people making the show might have thought too? And this was like, let's see what we have in this guy. If we have anything and let's give him an episode to show some range and stuff. And maybe we keep him. Maybe we don't like, hmm. I don't know. Those kind of things happen, but I guess, I guess maybe I, I, I kind of feel like you're overthinking a little. I might maybe, be, but it's coming just, right you know, at the they, end. They're introducing yeah. all these new characters, and I'm wondering mm-hmm. if he's going to be shown the door. Like, because they're like, uh, what? At the end of the day, it's like, well, shit, we should have just kept Nick Tate. And why did we even bring Tony in? Like, Bergman. I wonder if Freiburger's even heavily involved at this point because they seem to be moving away from some of the things he does. I I don't know the history of this production well enough, but watching it and seeing how this is going in these last three episodes, I, I have to you wonder. Can't see me right now. You can't see it right now because it's a podcast, but I have my fist up in the air for Paul. Yes, yeah. Up in the air for Paul. Never forget, never forget Paul. I have to wonder if they're like, okay, this isn't working. Season three is going to have to do something else. You know, there's ratings, and would Freiburger have come back? I doubt I it. if they even thought at this point there would be a season three. You know what I mean? Because the first season kind of, I mean, from reading the historical stuff, it kind of, like, limped into the second season. I wonder if they even thought there would be a third. You know what I mean? I think there was supposed to, they were planning on one. Oh, okay. It wasn't, like because it, it, it was just getting to America and like I think it it, it was a well, we can or we can't it, it wasn't like a sure thing but there was plans mm. possibly uh, but now yeah. is this before and after before or after uh, Jerry and Sylvia split this is I mean they're split at this point this mm. whole season they're split that's why Freiburger's here um, mm. but yeah, it's. It, it, I don't know. I don't have that. If Space nineteen ninety nine fans, you know more than me, and you've been talking. You've been very chatty, inform me about this. But I, I see a production in these last three episodes. There is a noticeable production swing in terms mm-hmm. of the way the show's directed, the way the show looks, uh, the more type special of stories. effects, yeah, more production type- value, more sets, more costumes. Um, the, the types yeah. of stories, new crew members that are regulars, like it's 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 interesting. Or on the other hand, maybe there were uh, you know people leaving a sinking ship in this. True. That word. Let's just These throw people. all the money we got left. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, returning to the episode, uh, Tony runs off the woods. Koenig tries to contact him, but he crushes his comlink and keeps running like a, a maniac. <laughs> so funny. It is funny. Lustig's body's found, and Dr. Ed Spencer, he's uh-huh. our one of our new regulars for the final couple episodes, he pieces together roughly what transpired. A security detail reports to Koenig that they discovered Tony's crushed comlink and about half a kilometer distant, heading away from the base. Uh, Koenig takes them to try to t- track Tony down. At base camp, they decide to unbury the alien structure 
as they were unable to penetrate it with their lasers or sensor scans. (laughs) They find a control panel to open the door, but with no power, Alan notices some solar cells and he uncovers more in hopes of powering up the control panel. He alerts Koenig to their progress, who in turn asks him to pick them up in an eagle as they have seen Tony and are about to confront him. Tony fires on Koenig when he approaches Koenig circles around and they fight until Co- Tony collapses. I love this, the chase music here too. It's that waka chicka waka chicka waka waka chicka waka chicka Very, very cool. And then meanwhile, Alan and the other guy's like, oh, I don't know what's going on with this. I don't know. Wipe mm-hmm. this off. Hey, it lit up. What about that? How <laughs> I'm doing science. <laughs> science and things. Doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> so Alan arrives with Dr. Spencer who tells Koenig that Tony is slipping into a coma but he needs to be returned to Alpha for treatment Koenig contacts Alpha from the Eagle to tell them they found Tony and are returning with him on the surface two men die from drinking water that was tested and, and declared safe yeah th- that is the funniest scene like hey you want to yep okay like something's going bad here it's just this random yeah. off scene that's just like Right. So forced well, showed, in there. And they show the guy eating berries earlier. It's like Chekhov's berries. It's like, oh, right? okay. <laughs> they yeah. wouldn't show this unless something was going to go wrong with the berries. And sure enough. Yeah, they're just two randos by a fat, like, stream of water. It's like, hey, oh. let's have some of this fresh, clean water. The dialogue surrounding it is just like, oh, my gosh. Uh, Jerry Travis, you know, Jerry from Moonbase Alpha? Jerry oh, Travis? Oh, yeah, totally. Famous, yeah. famous member of Moonbase Alpha, Jerry mm-hmm. Travis. I have all his trading cards. Mm. So, uh, I have his portrait tattooed on my back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good old Jer Bear. Jer's a man. Jerry Travis contacts Alpha to tell them what happened and his comlink shorts out while he's using it. Maya reaches Koenig to tell him what has happened but loses contact with him as well. In light of the system faults, Koenig checks the Eagle's circuits before proceeding <laughs> to Alpha. He finds that all the metal... All the metal are corroding and has Alan head back to base camp. Oh, you know, you got to water seal it in the springtime. The moisture will get in there and ruin all your bearings, you know. And you can't, you can't even get it started then, you know. <laughs> exactly. I love, I love when he pulled out, like, the circuit boards and they look like, you know, they were ancient. Like, it was just so funny. They couldn't possibly have corroded that quickly, but <laughs> it, was, it was cool. And then, like, everything in the damn ship starts exploding and sparking. Right. And exploding and smoking and sparking like everything. I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> They're using up all their squib budget in this episode too. Awesome. So, Maya sensors detect a change in the atmosphere of the planet. Helena worries that Tony won't make it if they can't get him back to Alpha. On the planet, another Alphan dies from fruit uh, that has turned to poison. The systems on Koenig's Eagle start to fail and it catches fire. They crash land as the rest of the survey party helplessly watch from the base camp. Having survived the crash, the Eagle crew are brought back to base camp. Alan checks the other Eagle to find it had corroded as well and is unsafe to fly. When Koenig wakes, he is apprised of the situation. They are stranded and if Alpha tries to send another Eagle, it will break up the atmosphere. What will they do? What will they do? What will they do? Well, I'll tell you what they'll do. Uh, they manage to put together a transmitter <laughs> made of parts scavenged from the from eagle. coconuts. From coconuts. <laughs> that did the not corrode. Professor Gilligan's Island helped out. All right. 
using the solar cells from the alien structure for power. They warn Alpha not to attempt to land. Maya and Helena decide to use a glider to get to the planet as it is made of carbon fiber and the atmosphere won't affect it. We have done science this episode, it's sir. It's a brand new spaceship for the ladies. <laughs> the little orange rocket thing. Yeah. Very streamlined. I mean, I mean, look, the Eagles look are very utilitarian, right? They're kind of bulky right. and they're like a big box. This one looked like it was all sleek and streamlined. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, it's sexy. It was, it's a sexy yeah. ship. You got Maya, Maya and Helena piloting it. I was like, yeah, okay. And you ship for the ladies this season. All right. Yeah. Those things have been sitting there how long? And they're just now using one. They haven't, they haven't used that model ever before. I don't no. Think. It hops right on top of an Eagle. Plus, um, I noticed the way things change, like go from like a really habitable planet to like a real like yeah. escape or whatever. For, like very much hole. like the first uh, season. Yeah, very uh, very much like the first season episode, uh, The Last Sunset. Mm-hmm. Remember when they were all like on the beach frolicking and having a great yes. time and everything just like turned to shit? Yeah. yeah. It's like the same thing here. Spring Bake Alpha. Callback. That's the one where Paul went nuts. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, the solar cells on the alien structure become fully charged, and Koenig, Carter, and Travis they investigate. Inside, they find remains of an alien sitting Travis. at a desk with a roll of discs in his hand. When placed in the port on the desk, each disc activates a holographic recording. This is what First I call off, the her, cool part Tra- of the episode. Yeah, this is finally like the decent part, like cool part of the episode. Um, this guy, Travis. Don't remember him from any other time before. Mm-hmm. And like when everybody else is doing stuff, like he just stands there. And every once in a while, they'll cut over to a reaction shot from him while they're watching these holograms. And it's like, you know, Katie and Alan, well, we need you do this and this. this. And then Travis just kind of stands there like, right. Hi, I'm here too. Well, I, I love the guy who plays Travis looks like, oh, fuck, Lando's not coming back for season three. Uh, who's yeah. our new captain? Uh, let's let's make a new star. Let's get some old guy that has been in some things. And he looks kind of like William H Macy. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, so th- yeah, there's this skeleton thing that's, that's cool in a chair or whatever. Um, so the first one they try uh, is of Zoran, leader of the alien expedition, <laughs> explaining that his people <laughs> perished and he too was dying. I'm sorry to stop you here, but obviously their lapel technology is light years ahead of ours. It is. It is. This guy is a giant. His lapel makes the lapel of the, the doorman of the Wizard of Oz, of the Kingdom of Oz look small. Right. It's huge. He would get kicked out of Studio 64 for having such huge lapels. It's just nuts. And like the rest of him, looks, he looks like Admiral Andy Warhol. Right. No, yeah. <laughs> it's like vaguely ground. naval uniform, but like. With the bulk white hair, bull haircut. I'm sorry. Please continue. <laughs> with the you know braid coming alien, down. Alien? Yeah, and a big white braid. I'm like, you know how how much I enjoy alien fashion, Brandon. Right. Yes, I know. I know. We party at the disco, the space disco. Uh, so he states that the only way to escape the planet is death. Bill Fraser, who is <laughs> flying the eagle carrying the glider to the planet, alerts Helena and Maya that they are coming into range of the planet. They move into the glider to prepare for release into the atmosphere. At the predetermined altitude, Maya tries to launch but cannot. 
Bill decided to take them closer to increase their chances. He releases them when the eagle develops a fault. Maya and Helena encounter a region of severe turbulence. The glider is struck by lightning more than once, and Maya has to alter course. Oh, it strikes the windshield. Like, the strikes the glass of the windshield. The bravery of Bill Fraser. Bravery. What a guy that was. But, like, adult. this whole thing with Maya and... and uh, Helena tried to get it is like oh crap we only have like a 35 minute script guys <laughs> can we get a new toy in there and like Let's, pad this out this, look man we built this model and we didn't use it for the door you know the, the, um, for another episode let's let's just have them fly it down like a glider what do you think we are going through the garage right now and we have one episode <laughs> left like let's let's just do this so, meanwhile, at the alien structure, Zoran's readings tell of a solitary, <laughs> immortal creature that longs for companionship, but inadvertently kills those it wishes to make contact with by driving them mad. Story continues. Also- telegram. Right. Like, to, hear, changing about a, to hear more. Like, but, click like an A track. You know? Well, there's one where it's like, oh, wait, wait, he's coming back. He's coming back. There's more yeah, of this yeah. <laughs> Uh, library to learn more. He also describes a brief period of lucidity before the death of its victims. Dr. Spencer shows up to tell Koenig that Tony is awake. Koenig leaves Alan to review the discs for any useful information they may have missed and goes to see Tony. Tony is awake and tells John what happened with Lustig. Helena and Maya appear to everyone's surprise, having walked from where they landed. Helena examines Tony and can find no permanent damage. Darn. Maya spends a little time with Tony trying to comfort him. First of all, I wrote two two words here, all in caps. Tony exclamation point. Acting exclamation point. He's really like, oh, I, I've oh, lost yeah. the will to live. Uh, he has like Padme's disease, right? Like he's fine. He just lost the will to live. I'm like, oh man, really? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has lost. But then Maya shows up. He's like, Maya. Uh. <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, was something I wanted to mention uh, that we I think uh, I might have forgotten to earlier. There's a part where Helena is looking over Tony's file on the computer. Mm-hmm. See that scene? And it yeah. says, uh, born Florence, Italy. Oh, of uh, course. Learned, learned University of Forenza, Italy. Like all this. He has like no Italian accent whatsoever. <laughs> and it's like all these Italian schools. And then the other the last one is University of Oxford. It was just pretty. I just thought it was funny. I'm sorry. And then the next place he went, space. Right. Well, it's like the episode with his brother, who had, you know, Stuart Damon, who had even a worse accent than he did. But right. Was, he tried for an uh, Italian accent. True. Uh, Jerry tells Koenig that they found another disc that may be useful. Koenig has Maya join him to look at it. It describes a protective encounter suit Zoran used to confront the alien being. He tells of a minor <laughs> fault around the eyes that allowed him to see the alien, causing him to go mad. Alan shows Kodig where he found the suit. Kodig decides to reinforce the area around the eyes to try to contact the alien himself. It keeps it keeps the alpha rays out, Max. Yeah. Um, are we not? Are we not Koenig? We are Devo. Yes. <laughs> this suit. Let's talk it's about awesome. this suit. Got to talk about the suit, dude. You know when the guys in Times Square who are the human, um, that were all his silver, the human statues. Yeah, it was that. It was that with like a Cyberman helmet with the right. taken out. It was hilarious. I love this freaking suit. And 
I, I remember, and I think it was Babylon Five where they had a race of aliens that, like, if you looked at them, it would drive you nuts or something. Or something, yeah. I might, it sounds familiar. Yeah, I think it's like something we've seen in sci-fi before. But and then they have like a false face. Yeah. Painted on the screen, and you can see Landau's face moving under the false face. Yeah. I didn't get that at all. It's like, creepy. Like, how do you breathe in this? Um, why did they go out of the way to make like a, a, a mask face on top of the real face? Is it something for the aliens? Maybe not humans. I don't. I don't know. But I don't know, man. It is. It's, it was creepy. It's cool and hilarious at the same time. Yes, it is. All those I, things. I would kill for outtakes of Lando oh, doing this. I would, I would kill to see somebody cosplay that. Oh yeah. I would just lose my mind because I would your be next local con. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my god! Has anyone else told you they know who you were? Because I know who you are. I'm the first one to hear you. That immediately from. People keep shining their flashlights. Ah! Also, the Star Trek episode, The Immunity Syndrome. What? Yes. Zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out, zoom out. Flashlight, flashlight, zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out. Because that's what happens when he goes to see the alien. Oh my God, the zooms made me seasick. It was crazy. They put you, they really put you. Uh, in the shoes of Koenig there, yeah, that day. They, they should have they should have had an epilepsy warning on this episode is what they should have had. They should have. Uh, so he, he walks in migraine. there. The alien begins to try to communicate with light and sound, and Koenig talks to it. Uh, at first, simply mimics his words until it finds keys to communicate. What it does, it asks John who and what he is. John tells it he is a man. It responds <laughs> that he is a voice. John tells it he is a living being like he is. It asks John to reveal himself, saying that he will be safe against all advice. John removes the protective gear. Good to its word that I that I that am I did not har- <laughs> do did not harm him. Koenig calls in the others to show it that it's not alone, but one among many. I that am I restored the planet to its non-poisonous state, and Tony is saved. I must say real quick, uh, uh, Barbara Bain looks rather fetching in that blue jumpsuit. She does. Normally she has like the, uh, the, the business beige on, but this was like the, uh, the Royal blue looked, looked very good on mm-hmm. her, brought out her eyes. Very nice. So, and Tony, and Tony's okay. Everybody. I know you were sweating it there for a minute, but he's uh, good. Yeah. He'll, he'll be there for the finale. He'll be making shitty beer just quickly. Yes. <laughs> just as soon as he's able Oh, so, uh, sadly, as the four return to find their base camp missing, Bill Fraser appears to tell them it has been evacuated and everyone is waiting on the Eagle to return to Alpha before it moves out of range. What is once again a perfect planet. Habitable planet. Perfectly. Bill Fraser comes to wrap up all the plot line loose ends. Good night, everybody. Yes. (laughs) Bill. Hey, guys. We're ready to go. All right. We wrapped it all up while you're in there. Bye. Right. So, yeah, that's uh, the immunity syndrome. Entertaining to talk with you about, but. Yes. Kind of slow. Yeah. Kind of nothing. Like some of the some episodes have an idea that they can run with and stay interesting with through the whole episode. Some episodes just have an idea. And they just stick with that one idea. And that was this. It was like uh, Lovecraft Light, you know? Right. You look at it, it drives you mad. That kind of situation. 
And it's a trope we see in other sci-fi. Like I said, I remember Babylon 5 as something like that. And I know, I, if I were to look it up, I could find a movie that was a similar situation where the alien mm-hmm. was trying to co- communicate, but it was just uh, too much for humans to deal with. So, But, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, there are, there are worse episodes, but... Yes. Uh, this was just kind of like, all right. Middle of the pack, I'd say for this one. I w- yeah, I will say though, yeah, technically speaking, it was a little bit more proficient. Like the previous episode, we saw a little bit better, but this, the overall the script wasn't working. This one, and yeah. when you, you focus on Tony, you lose my focus as well. Like, guess. Well, like I mean, uh, like you said, you know, compared to like say the last episode, they had this whole alien civilization figured out with this like mm-hmm. thing going on. And all that. this is just a monster. You know, yeah, let's use our cast. We have we, yeah. we have, not even monster. This is just a glowing light and saving yeah. money. And here, here's our cast that we tend to not do much with. There you go. Oh. yeah. But here's a new ship. Uh, but that, that'll, <laughs> that'll do it for another boom buggy adventure. In the meantime, Jim, uh, what you doing? Where where you at? Well, every Maybe. week. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, is uh, there anything on? Anything on? No. Nothing's on. Nothing's on. That's the name of the podcast. Nothing's on every week at the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com or on, you know, Amazon or iTunes, wherever you, uh, you are, pivot, you know, find mongers of podcasts all over the internet. Uh, Donnie and Daryl and I uh, take, have a knuckleheaded take on the world of entertainment news. Uh, we record every Sunday morning and every Monday morning we put it out for your uh, edification and pleasure. That's at the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com. And next week, the Walking Dead TV podcast comes back as the show comes back for its. Uh, uh, show finale. Um, finally, uh, the show is ending. We've been with the show since the beginning. We're sticking with the show until the end. Walking Dead TV podcast. That's at hhwlod.com. Com. Hashtag, hashtag why safe, Tony? <laughs> and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD. Written work at YSOBlue.com. There's more for the Brand Shear Peter show this week. But next week, we are here for the final episode of Space oh. 1999, the end. Of space, like we have no more. We can't do anything. We're not. We're not going to review big finish stories. Sorry. No. Um. Sorry to Russell McGee for that, but he doesn't edit those. We're not going to. We're not going to uh, review the Charlton comics. Mm-mm, nope. Oh, no fan fiction. But uh, yeah. So the stay tuned. We we wrap it all up uh, next week <laughs> for uh, <laughs> dork cons. Dork, dork cons. Dork cons. Yeah. Comic cons, dork cons. Yeah. Come, come, come check us out next week, dork cons. But until then, Alpha out. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Alsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. <laughs>